Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The following podcast is a production of the Factual Data Creations Facility. Welcome to episode 136 of the OFNT podcast, which I'm calling Calm Before the Election Storm. Biden tries to bully the Saudis into delaying OPEC's reduction of oil production until after the midterm elections. How convenient. The Saudis rightly refuse, causing the administration to throw a hissy fit and threaten to retaliate. What an embarrassment. Speaking of embarrassment, Washington, D.C. is set to let illegal immigrants vote in local elections. Now it seems it's getting to the point where being a non-citizen brings more benefits to you. There are rumors that Apple has reduced production of the iPhone 14 Plus model. The tech press speculates that the reason for this is that the economy is strong as hell. At least according to our commander-in-thief, I mean chief. In a letter to investors, Elon Musk says he plans on firing 75% of the current Twitter employees. I just call this starting from scratch. Meta, better known as Facebook claims that its Messenger product is more secure than Apple's iMessage. (laughs) Tech news. Well, because of prior work commitments, I'm late in reporting on Google's October event. We saw the introduction of the Pixel and Pixel Pro 7 phones, the long-awaited Pixel Watch, and the Pixel Tablet, which will be released at a later time than the phones and the watch. The Pixel 7 models are a somewhat smaller update than in past years, which is a good thing in my opinion. I'm a fan of the style of last year's phones, and I'm glad they kept that design intact for this year. Both the Pixel 7 and Pixel 7 Pro phones are powered by the Tensor G2 chip, 
with the Pixel 7 featuring a 6.3-inch screen and starting at a price of $599. The Pixel 7 Pro features a 6.7-inch display with a fashionable 120Hz refresh rate, upgraded cameras, and will come in at a $899 starting price. Those are cheaper than similar models from rival Apple, which is a good thing. The highly anticipated Pixel Watch was up next, looking similar to, but not exactly like the renders of it that have been banding around the intertubes for a while now. The watch's body, as well as screen bezel, is a lot thicker compared to said renders. Google hides the thick bezel with software, but the watch really does have one thick bezel if you really look at it. The round display looks nice, but because of its shape, it forces the display of alerts and other notifications to be smaller compared to its Apple competitor. It comes in just one size, 41mm, which I guess could look smallish on some wrist, be fine on mine. The body is made of stainless steel and will set you back $349 for the Wi-Fi model and $399 for the cellular edition. The chip used to power the watch is an older Samsung Exynos 9110 kind. I've noticed that the display kind of flickers while the watch is on camera, something the Apple Watch doesn't do, and the battery life wasn't really discussed much. The watch runs on Wear OS 3.5 and does have some Fitbit integration, which you have to pay a monthly subscription for, in order to unlock all of the features, which you don't have to do with Apple's offerings. This monthly stipend somewhat negates the lower prices of the Pixel Watch. Shame. Even with these lower prices for the Pixel Watch in comparison to Apple, a lot of Android fans were disappointed with the announced price, many expecting the watch to come in at $100 less than they are. My advice is to skip this first-generation product and wait for the second generation, which will be much improved. Next was the product I was most interested in, the Pixel Tablet. Well, scant details were given other than it will feature the same Tensor G2 chip as the Pixel 7s, have an accessory that turns it into a Google Nest, and won't be available until next year. In fact, the tablet does look like a Google Nest without a speaker base. Very disappointing, for me anyway. In my opinion, this was a very anemic event with an equally anemic offering of products. You know, it's fitting for the current economic climate, I, I guess. Come on, man. Say goodbye to Microsoft Office and say hello to Microsoft 365. That's what the company's office suite will be called going forward. It makes sense, as I think most users, myself included, use the subscription model versus the standalone product, which, though cheaper forces you to have to buy a new version when there's a major update. I don't know how well the standalone version works with Microsoft's OneDrive. Anyway, it's all moot for me come January 1st, when not only will I be retired, but I'll be switching fully to Apple Pages and iCloud. Patriot Mobile, a Texas-based MVNO who uses mainly T-Mobile's network to provide cellular service, has been targeted for cancellation by various leftist groups. What was Patriot Mobile's sin? Well, the company had given small donations to several candidates for local school boards in Texas. 
candidates who reject the current trans agenda and believe that schools should be teaching children how to read, write, and do math. What? Instead of teaching about various sexual orientation and fantasy agendas and stocking the graphic books that go along with those agendas in school libraries. These radical leftist groups are now trying to pressure T-Mobile into not allowing Patriot Mobile to use the company's cellular network. Of course, the mainstream media is assisting this effort with hit pieces like one I just read from Bloomberg, which uses terms like far-right, anti-LGBT, and book-banning to describe what this small company supports. Any good things about Patriot Mobile are prefaced with words such as supposedly or supposed amongst others. So far, T-Mobile hasn't budged, and hopefully they won't. Companies need to stand up to these leftist, communist-aspiring organizations who are probably funded indirectly by our buddies, the Communist Party of China. And shame on Bloomberg for printing such a hit piece like this. You know, whatever happened to objectivity in journalism? The supposedly unbiased journalists we have these days probably never learned the word objective while being taught by trained Marxist professors at their expensive Ivy League universities and now expect us to pay off their student loans. Did you see what I did there? Did you see what I did there? Well, this next story is genuinely interesting. Kane West, also known as G or I just don't know for sure, has announced he is buying former Twitter competitor Pauler for an undisclosed amount of moolah. Back in the day, Pauler was legit, a highly polished app with an easy verification system and a great user interface. Then politics happened and the app was kicked off its Amazon web host first and then the Apple and Google app stores. The Gab social app was also canceled, but unlike Parler, Gab built its own infrastructure and created a web app anyone can download. Parler redid their app and got a new web host and begged to be put back on the app stores. After kowtowing to big tech for a while, Parler was indeed allowed back into the fold, but the momentum it had was lost. I myself had a verified account on Parler, but never went back after the app's reappearance. Maybe Mr. West can breathe new life into Parler. I wish him luck, but I fear he and his new acquisition will be targeted for cancellation, and we're in for a repeat of Parler being kicked off the app stores yet again. To my chagrin, details in the Tech I'm Using section. Apple released two new iPad models and a very, very slightly upgraded Apple TV 4K. The two iPads were introduced via a slickly produced video on the company's YouTube channel. It was a type of video you'd see during one of Apple's regular events, which makes me think that there was an event planned, but some product or maybe even products were delayed, forcing Apple to cancel the event. The video opens up with the redesigned basic iPad, which now resembles the iPad Air and comes in new colors and costs $449. That's $120 more than the model it replaces. Oh. The center stage front camera is mounted horizontally on one of the long sides of the bezel, which makes more sense for video chatting. The screen is now slightly bigger at 10.9 inches versus the 10.5 inches of the old model, making it the same size as the iPad Air. 
It also features the same combination power and touch ID button as the Air and has its own Magic Keyboard folio case like its Air and Pro siblings. This particular Magic Keyboard case has more flexibility than the one shared by the Air and the Pro models. Having a detachable keyboard that also features escape and function keys, something Pro users have long been asking for and still don't have. The keyboard folio case will set you back $249, which is pretty stiff. I'm sure we'll see some third-party cases like this at far more reasonable prices. I don't know what the differences in the display between the Air and the, this new iPad are, but I think this model will seriously cannibalize sales of the Air. The current model Air has an M1 chip powering it, while this iPad has an A15 chip inside. You know, for most people's uses, which are browsing the internet, consuming content, email, word processing, and video chatting, this really is all you need. My question is, will Apple discontinue the iPad Air? You know, why pay $599 for the Air when for $150 less, you can get more features, even some features the iPad Pro lineup doesn't have. My lovely wife will be upgrading to one of these new iPads early next year, and I'm sure she'll be thrilled with it. She's rocking a 7th generation iPad at this moment, and this will be a huge upgrade for her. Next to be introduced was the iPad Pro lineup, which is virtually unchanged from last year's models. The big difference is the M2 chip, which replaces the last edition's M1 chip. Supposedly, the new model will be around 20% faster because of the M2. Other than that, the Pros will have improved rear cameras, Apple Pencil hover capability, Wi-Fi 6E, and Bluetooth 5.3. All worthy upgrades, but not at all exciting. Heck, the Pro lineup didn't even get the new placement of the front camera. What? Strange choices for sure. Well, at least the prices stayed the same as the last year's models. Finally, and apparently not warranting a video, a new and cheaper what? Apple TV 4K was announced by press release. Not only is it cheaper, but the new hardware is thinner and lighter. Of course, the processor was upgraded to an A15 chip, and the box can now decode HDR. A 64-gig version will cost you $129, while a 128-gig box, which also adds threading for HomeKit devices, will set you back $149. I think I forked over $150 for my original 64-gig Apple TV 4K. If you're considering getting one of these, do yourself a favor and get the 128-gig version. You'll thank me later. Tech I'm using. Well, I was hoping to be in possession of an iPad Pro by now, as my birthday was last Wednesday. But alas, there were no Apple events nor any press releases announcing the new models until Tuesday the 18th. This caused me to hold off on buying one because either I'd get a better deal on the current model or buy the brand new model. I didn't want to purchase the older model just to have Apple announce a new improved model, which would have the effect of devaluing my new purchase. Anyhow, even if I did pull the trigger, I noticed that the old iPad Pro wouldn't ship for two weeks. So to sum it up, this means that though I just celebrated a birthday last Wednesday, I have no new tech to talk about. After the announcement on Tuesday... I did place an order for the new 11-inch iPad Pro. My order has an estimated delivery date of October 26th. So, 
I'm looking forward to that day. As reported in the text section, this was a very minor update, but at least the price stayed the same. I'm jealous of the regular iPad's front camera placement, but let's be real. Until some or all of my so far six grandsons get a bit older, I don't expect many people will be FaceTiming me. When they are old enough, I'll get them the basic iPad along with a magic keyboard case or a reasonable substitute. This setup will serve as their first computer. Hold the presses. Due to the generosity of my son and the amount of the Amazon gift card he gave me, I ordered myself, though I swore in previous episodes I wouldn't, a pair of those newfangled second-generation AirPods Pro. What swung me is the almost unanimous positive reviews, which all said the new earbuds were a vast improvement over the first generation. The new AirPods Pro were delivered Friday, so I really haven't had the time to put them through their paces yet. First impressions? They look almost the same. The case is very, very slightly larger, with a speaker and a lanyard attachment added. The sound? Well, I detect more bass response and an airiness in spatial mode that wasn't present in the older generation. So far, I'm kind of underwhelmed, but that might be due to my old fart ears. Anyway, I'm not a big headphone guy, but I'll try wearing these more often, just like the cool kids do these days. Now, one place I won't be wearing them is at the gym. My Beat Fit Pros fill that need very well. You know, it just occurred to me that for someone who doesn't consider himself a headphone guy, I sure have bought a lot of them. My current collection consists of Powerbeats Pro, Fit Pros, and now the new AirPods Pro. My lovely wife has inherited my still-under-Apple-Care warranty first-generation AirPods Pro. Thank you. I've had Beats X's, standard AirPods, first and second generations previously to this. To be fair, I had a different work position before, which gave me more situations to wear earbuds. Some sparse entertainment news for you. Well, this November should be bringing us, the streaming world that is, a Netflix with advertisements for a nominal service charge of $7. Now, I currently pay 20 bucks for an HD tier, and I'm considering dishing the service at the end of December. I'll see how many ads will run on the new service before deciding where to go for the 7 buck option. I don't watch much on Netflix these days, but occasionally there's something worth a look at and the granddaddy of streaming services. Podcasting news, which unfortunately is also sparse. Spotify has laid off 30% of the employees of two of the company's newly unionized podcast production acquisitions, Parcast and Gimlet. Along with those employees, 11 podcasts will be discontinued. While it's great having union representation, the company will always get their money back. In other words, they'll always win. I was never a fan of Gimlet's offerings, but I did like ParCast's lineup before Spotify bought them. Of the 11 shows cut, I listened to exactly none of them. The ParCast shows I did listen to pre-acquisition didn't survive the purchase by Spotify way back then. Experts are saying that Spotify is shifting their emphasis from scripted shows hosted by talented but normal people towards celebrity-hosted affairs like Kim Kardashian, Meghan Markle, and other like-minded and popular boneheads. This follows Hollywood's method, according to said experts, 
Well, I personally feel that this is a mistake. Well, I guess just time will tell. Time for a rant, or sort of a rant. Being that last week was my birthday week, I tried not to be upset at anything, and I was mostly successful at that. As far as my birthday itself goes, it was quiet and uneventful, something that's cherished at my age. The midterm elections are but a month away, so politics are in overdrive, as you can imagine. Federal law enforcement is still out of control, seemingly enforcing the current party in power's agenda, declaring straight white male Christians as domestic terrorists and or Republicans as, quote, threats to our democracy, unquote. As I've said before, and I'll probably wind up saying it again, we don't have a democracy in the United States. We're a representative republic, but I guess that doesn't play as well in headlines and television soundbites. Trump confident and former campaign manager Steve Bannon, host of the War Room podcast, was sentenced to four months in jail for refusing to testify in front of that illegitimate and completely partisan January 6th hearing, in my opinion anyway. I hope the Republican Party takes the House so they can drive a stake through the heart of this vile waste of taxpayer money. Now, something that was underreported in the mainstream news was the arrest of the CEO of an election poll software company named Connect. That's K-O-N-N-E-C-H. The CEO is named Eugene Wu. Emphasis on the surname here who not only is accused of embezzling millions of dollars from his company, but storing U.S. citizen and residence data on servers in communist China. Hmm, this sounds familiar, doesn't it? Oh, recall a little company named Zoom getting dinged for this back during the pandemic when its video chat software exploded in use. The CEO of that company is named Eric Wan. See where I'm going here? The common threat here is that both CEOs immigrated here from communist China. The Zoom software was coded in mainland China, and I'd wager that the Connect software was too. Who knows how many backdoors are embedded in these software products? In the case of Connect, Chinese contractors were given super admin access to the data stored on Chinese servers, so no backdoor was needed in this case. The questions I have are, where does the funding come from? to start these companies. Why do the CEOs seem to have deep connections with the motherland, though they immigrated to the United States as children and are supposedly U.S. citizens? I have not, nor will I ever use Zoom video conferencing software. I'll use Apple's FaceTime and Microsoft's Teams. The only software our government should be using should be coded in the USA and all data stored in this country. Hey, but what do I know? I'm just an old boomer who can afford a microphone. Well, you know as well as I do that the music playing signals the end of yet another episode of the OFNT podcast. If you heard some noise in the background, like small children and an irritated female yelling at those children, be advised that I have two of my grandsons as guests this weekend. Now, I hope you enjoyed this episode. I enjoyed making it for you and hope you found it worth your while. You can always contact me at OFNTpodcast at gmail.com if you're so inclined to tell me what things you liked or disliked about the show 
I'd love hearing from you. I'll see you next week. Remember, don't listen to what they say. Watch what they do. Now, do me a favor and get off my lawn. I'm out. Stay skeptical. See you later. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member? For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.